The following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. We are continuing the conversation about the faith of the next generation, specifically the high school students. I'm your host, Jill Devine, and we've heard from the ladies, but today it's time to hear from the guys. Now, one of this week's guests is pretty familiar to the podcast, Justin Sharoma. He joined us on episode seven, What is My Role as a Christian? And then also going deeper with Justin Sharoma, bonus episode 7B. Take a listen to those to get a little bit more of a background of Justin. But he is a teacher and he is here with one of his high school students along with another high school student from a different high school. Ryan will tell you all about it in this week's episode. Well, hey, friends, I'm here with the boys episode today. I've been really excited for this one, but we've got a few different voices here. We've got Trevor, we've got Gus, and these are two of our students that go to our church and they're involved in our student ministry. And we've got Justin Sharoma back on the podcast. He's actually Trevor's teacher at his school. I'm just going to say we are going to do our best to not make this a peanut gallery episode. Uh, I apologize for moments like that that might pop up, but uh, the boys are here. And let's get this thing started with you two guys, Gus, Trevor, introduce yourselves, tell us where you go to school, and use uh, use a word to describe the other person. All right, so I'm Gus. I go to Lutheran High School, St. <laughs> Charles, and... I do a lot of stuff. I'm in a lot of clubs and I'm doing I'm doing golf and I am a Lutheran. And one word that I would use to describe my friend Trevor over here is lovely. Uh, I am Trevor. I am a just graduated senior from Timberland High School, which is about like half an hour outside of St. Louis ish. Um honestly Gus is one of the funniest people I know, so that's Aww. the first thing that probably comes to mind for me. I would agree with that. Justin, what word would you use to describe Trevor? The one word that constantly comes to mind when I think of Trevor is leader, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. I, I would use that word, too. Trevor and Gus have both been leaders in our high school ministry at our church, and that's one of the big reasons I invited them to be on here today. But when I think about that word leader, I don't just think about what you do in our church. I specifically think, Trevor, you were instrumental in starting an FCA at your school. FCA is uh, it's called short for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I remember when you kind of started on this journey to take your faith into your school. Tell us a little bit about where that came from, because freshman Trevor, I don't know if he would have done that, but junior and senior Trevor definitely did it. Well, the thing about freshman Trevor's, he didn't have to start it because there was, at the time, there was already an FCA chapter at Timberland. Okay. And then the, I mean, at this point, I think I can probably, like the leadership, they, it was mostly seniors 
at the time. So obviously at the end of that year, once all of the seniors were graduated, um, the FCA chapter kind of fizzled out. Like it didn't really exist there. Like, I think we still had a group chat. I remember I emailed the teacher sponsor asking if we were going to still be doing stuff and we really didn't, we really didn't have anything. So Mm -hmm. we didn't, it was just for sophomore year, it didn't exist. And for, Junior year, it technically didn't exist because junior year is when the story that Sharoma told on his episode happened. So from my point of view, this was just like a normal church day. Like it was just, it was normal. Everything was typical. It was, it was a standard Sunday for my family and I. And like, I didn't really think anything was going to happen. I was just, just going to church, pretty standard stuff for us. And I don't even... Honestly, like, I was so out of it that day. I don't even remember what the sermon was about. (laughs) But at some point, the pastor at our church brought up Shroma. And I was like, okay, I know this guy. He teaches at my school. He's pretty cool. He was uh, uh, one of my teachers freshman year, even Mm. though he didn't remember me until, like, (laughs) (laughs) until he found a secret video of Trevor singing the fight song. We are never, if you found that. mm. I I was looking for it. (laughs) I'm so glad you didn't uh, That is going to be shared with me at yeah. the end of this episode, please. It better not be. <laughs> um, it was just, I was just there and like, it was, he brought him up and I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And like, this is all, this was, it was stuff I'd known. I knew you had gotten baptized mm-hmm. at Messiah probably only a few months earlier at that point. Yep. October. Uh, October. Yeah. Then our pastor says, and I'm going to say it as close as I can say as to how he said it. And Justin is going to be starting an FCA chapter at Timberland. And immediately, like, I'm sitting up straight. I'm paying attention. I know exactly what's going on now. Like, I perked up. Uh-huh. And my family could see it, too. Like, I was immediately alert. Like, I looked over at my, like, my parents were, like, all on my left. I just looked over at both of them, like, what just happened? And so for, like, the entire rest of the service, which was, like, 15 minutes at that point, I'm just like thinking, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Can I do this? Can I do this? And then as it just so happened, you were at that service. So I remember yeah. you, <laughs> I remember this part well. I remember you were walking out. I was like, I shouldn't go talk to him. I shouldn't go talk to him. And then I was just like, okay, you know, we're going to go do it. So I basically ran out of the church and caught you. And I went to shake your hand. And I remember that specifically because at the time, I think you were still in double cast, if not at least oh, yeah. one. I had my arm up in a sling because I tore both bicep tendons. Oh. So I was like, do I shake his hand? Do I not? Am I going to hurt him? And you were also holding one of your kids at the time. Another, yeah. like, pointless detail, but, like, this is just why I remember it. And I was like, I go, I basically said, hi, I'm Trevor. I don't know if you remember me. I go to Timberland. I've run track before because mm. you, you were a track coach for a while. I was just like, And I just said, whatever you need to help get this thing running – I'm all in. Yeah. And that's where the story picked up for me was he just thought he ran out that same today, whatever you need. And that's, and that was what stuck was stuck with me. And that's what makes me uh, use that word leader for him is um, he leads from the front, whatever you need. And he, he, he does it, you know, he doesn't ask much from other people and he's going to take it on the majority of things. And that was the first statement he made that I knew that he was going to be our guy, the mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the other part of leadership is service. And Trevor, you always show up to serve. 
you know, you're not like, okay, I'm a leader. I can just let other people do the work. You lead, but you also put in the man hours. <laughs> I mean, you recreate our space for our high school ministry. I mean, you, you do a lot of stuff. But what interested me about that story for you is you didn't feel cool, calm, and collected going to Mr. Sharoma or Sharoma, as you call him. Oh, I was terrified. You, you were terrified, and yet you still responded. And I think that's an, a very interesting lesson on leadership there. Some people wait to be completely confident before they step forward into something. And a lot of times you just have to commit. If you're ever going to do it, the commitment comes before the confidence. And I really think that's cool that you weren't just like, I'm the dude for this. You're like, I don't even know, but I want to be the guy. And so I'm going to. I'm going to go up to my teacher and, and ask if I can be a part of this. A anyways, that's my oh, yeah. favorite part of that story. Well, like the thing for that is like, especially for me, like that was for me, like that's one of the major like spiritual awakening moments in my life. Like if there is one time in my life where I have heard the voice of God talking to me, that was it. Yeah. There like we, that oh, moment, like, yeah. Where it was just like, this is what you got, like, like that calling. Yeah. Like that is the one point in my life that I could point to and say right there. Those are the moments I love, dude. And I've had a few, and one of them came sophomore year of high school. One of them came in college. One of them came just after college. But it's the moment that God comes to you, and you just you know that it's his voice speaking to you and calling you into something. And that same note, I think that's interesting that you wanted to start this club. You are fresh baptized. Well, well, let me let me let's back up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, when our pastor uh, encouraged me to to seek out the fellowship of Christian athletes and when you know what was going on at our school, mm -hmm. I was going before this church service that it all happened. I was going through a lot of lip services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. do that. You know, uh -huh. and. I, even still, I was unsure if I was actually going to follow through until the entire congregation knew about it. <laughs> and it was at that moment, you know, at that moment when he told the, the whole congregation, I mean, online and everything, that first and last name, Justin Sharoma, coach, teacher at Timberland High School, is going to start FCA up mm. there. I'm like, well, I, I guess I have to do it now. I don't know what I'm doing. I fully yeah. believe he did that on purpose. Yo, and yeah. then... On the same day, you know, you want to talk about God, you know, putting people in places and speaking to us in the very moment that we need him. This guy that has experience with FCA runs out with all yeah. of the enthusiasm of the world wanting to help. And I'm like, awesome. I'm not now not alone for sure. My, that is the fact that you both go to the same school and you both go to our church and you both had a heart for this. And there was some trepidation or some uncertainty at first almost until that literal day <laughs> that's really cool and so for you now you've been doing it what for a year yeah. year and a half yeah. give us a review how, how do you feel about it um you're passing it on to the next group of leaders now trevor that you've graduated but i was gonna say i might be good for how like i don't know how many people actually applied for leadership because you have those papers none mm -hmm. of them were given to so I don't know for sure how we're looking next year. So, so for next year, I'm going to let you take that. Yeah. But I can definitely take the retrospective. Part. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Talk about this year. So this year, it was a little bit of a, I feel like it was a little bit of a rough start. Like we were kind of like 
thrown into like not thrown into this, but like we pushed ourselves into this. Like it was the most leap of faith, leap of faith I have ever leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. And so we are like flying by the seat of our pants here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. good amount of time. You, me, and our vice president mm-hmm. did a leadership training at yeah. a was that a college? Was, was that it MICDS? MICDS. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's kind of more in the city. Um, and that helped us a lot, like know with, to know like what meetings look like and how to kind of run them. FCA does an amazing job of setting you up with resources, laying the groundwork and foundation and the roadmap for getting everything going. Yeah. Now we just kind of started a little bit late, yeah. so we we're behind the ball. Usually, yeah. you pick your leaders early, and then you go to a summer camp for 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 leadership, and you learn all these things. Well, mm-hmm. we were kind of thrown into like a one night two hour mm-hmm. training it was yeah. supposed to, it, for most people there it was like a recap but for us it was like it was like all new information all new and so and it was also this massive mm-hmm. bind literally yeah. this massive like Huge. 600 page binder just like bunk, yeah. Here's yeah everything you need. yeah and we're like yeah let's go yeah and so so as much of everything is paved for us in, with fca we were behind the ball and playing catch up and so that's where i think you know a lot of our learning process came through um, as we had meetings. But I think we had some others that were excited and enthused to to get it going. And then we just started meetings. And did we know what we were doing? No. No. (laughs) Our first meeting, I was like, I know exactly why I remember our first meeting. Because your wife was taking my senior pictures that day. Oh, that's right. And she pulled through and said, we can move your time so you can make this meeting. So I had literally just come to the meeting from having my senior pictures taken. So like, I'm already like kind of in freak out mode. And it felt more like teaching a class, honestly, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what it, what it was. Like it was just explaining like, okay, this is what we do. This is what we're going to do like for the Mm -hmm. next how like for the next year, basically that first meeting, I was terrified, but we had a really for our first meeting, we had a pretty darn good turnout. On average, our meetings range from 15 to 20, 25. Numbers do matter because numbers represent people Mm -hmm. that are connected in community to Jesus. And um, so they're not everything. They're not what you should define yourself by. But when you say 15 to 20 people, I mean, that's 15, 20 people that wouldn't have been connected to that if you weren't there. And so it's a challenge, you know, someone in ministry to not define yourself by the numbers, but I also want to challenge myself to reach more because mm-hmm. more kids means more souls yeah. that are going to connect to Jesus. And so that's really cool that you're reaching that many people. And I like FCA. I was a president. Is that what they call it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what it's I been was. years. But <laughs> I was a president of mine my senior year, and I just thought it was a great organization for no other reason than that it's the one place in a public school that you can talk about your faith openly yeah. and you're safe to do that there. And I would say to, to any parent of public school kids, like you should always point your kid to an FCA. If, if you want them connected to Jesus in their schools, you know, you don't have to go to a private school for them to encounter Jesus absolutely in the walls of your school. And it's totally allowed. It's legal for this to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, there's no rules being broken. I mean, it's totally a, an upfront organization. I like them. On that note, though, I want to pivot to Gus here because Gus goes to a Lutheran school. And so while FCA is kind of the space for faith in a lot of public schools in a private school that you go to, um, 
you've got your chapels, you've oh, got yeah. devotions. Nice. I mean, I've led them at your school. <laughs> we we uh, we talked to some of the girls in our last episode about their experiences with that. But what is the faith life like at Lutheran High? I mean, those are the the things you do, right? Your small groups, your chapels, your devotions. I mean, what are your thoughts on it there? And is it talk about that for me? So some parts of it I see as like really intense, like. Mm. Lutheran, like, studying and learning and stuff like that through, like, chapels and devotions. Yeah. But in other parts, like, small groups, it's more, like, relaxed and laid back. Yeah. And it's, like, more, like, a light devotion at the beginning instead of, like, digging into the Bible for the devotions on mon- Monday and Friday or yeah. whatever it is. And also I find it extremely interesting because I grew up in Lutheran school, Lutheran private schools, I think, all my life, besides mm-hmm. preschool. But through like Messiah Lutheran School and Lutheran High School, I've always, it was always required to take a religion class. And yeah. it's interesting, like meeting when I got into high school, it was a bigger pool of people, like a lot yeah. more. Yeah. And when I got in there, there's people from like public schools, other private schools, and they're just like, you guys have to take a religion class, like no matter mm. what, otherwise yeah. you have to leave. And I'm like, yeah, because it's like a huge part of what they do and why they're there. How do they receive that those kids that are new to it how do they receive being put into a, a religion class you grew up with it so it's just yeah. par for nature. the course yeah, yeah second nature for you for those newer kids how do they respond to those classes for the newer kids i only know one who was in a public school and didn't believe in god and didn't like he doesn't like i don't know like understand or like i don't want to say care because he does care but he wants to learn and I see him all the time in, like, classes. Yeah. He's, like, looking up, like, ex- historical things and stuff of that nature of, like, how the Bible could, like, fit into history and stuff like that and mm-hmm. how to prove the existence. And I like how he tries. He really tries to understand. Mm. And I try to help him with that. But I'm not sure because he's not he's not there yet, Yeah, honestly. Yeah. But I think being in this environment really helps him. It makes people like that start to think about the question of like, okay, how can this fit into my life? And like, at least it gets the conversation going. Yeah. Because people, I feel like atheists and stuff in private schools, Mm -hmm. or no, public schools, sorry, (laughs) are like, they don't have any exposure to it. So they don't know if it's like something that they might want to do or look into. Yeah. And so that, I was thinking that was interesting because he goes there, he gets exposed to it because he goes to your school. Yeah. Um, Justin and Trevor, he made that comment about you just wouldn't be exposed to it in public school. I mean, is that pretty accurate? That's, that's I can speak from my experience, but I went to high school years ago. <laughs> well, the thing is when they, like, for me at least, whenever it's covered in a public school setting, it's been, and I was also like, Gus and I went to the same private middle school yeah. growing up, like elementary middle school growing up. Growing mm-hmm. up. So, like, public school, it's much more... These are Christians. These are what we believe. Like, it's very, like, historical. Yeah. It's taken more of an, in a, in a historical context or in a, like, we're reading, we're learning about this. It's, not be, not to encourage the faith, but to encourage, like, that you at least understand. Like, it's for the better understanding of something else. It's not for understanding the faith. It's for understanding history or understanding literature or something else. It's the, huh. it's the skeleton of it. It's not, yes, like, it's the, it's the. Yes. Bare bones. Yes. Yeah. Just facts. Just a class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
at least from my experience. I don't know if you have anything else to add about that. Um, just, I guess, as a, a teacher, coach, I mean, it's just not a conversation that I'm able to bring up. Yeah. You know, and so people's belief systems go unknown for me until it the opportunity arises f like a platform like FCA. Yeah. Um, but, you know, an FCA is really student-driven, and so that's we, we re do lean on, you know, students like Trevor and <clears throat> the rest of our um, huddle to um, reach out and have those open conversations and ask those questions that I can't ask, yeah. you know, and so yeah. that... So, you know, you know, talk about atheists or whatever people believe in, they kind of, for me, from my perspective, I, yeah. they, they usually aren't unearthed to me. Yeah. I was right. Saying, if I can also add something to that, it's, all, it's also not always necessarily people who have never been exposed to it. It might be people who were exposed to it at some point and had a bad experience with someone in a church mm. or had a bad experience with their family or something like that. Yeah. And that, like, pushed them out of the church. Like, I mm. know... I, I know quite a few people actually who like they went to church a lot and then a relative died or their parents got divorced and they just stopped having that option. So yeah. not being able to go to church caused them to drop out of the faith. They like, yeah. just didn't another, want to believe it anymore. Another thing that I've seen, some of the kids in my classes, they go away from the faith not because of like some tragic something happens or it's just it's just like a change in their life. Like, they get a girlfriend or a boyfriend who doesn't believe in that stuff at all. Uh -huh. And, like, that, like, kind of draws them away. You see them, like, caring about it less and less to yeah. fit in with him or her. Now, the same uh -huh. can happen in the opposite direction, but it tends to be yeah. someone yeah. drawing. What do you think people like that need so that they don't walk away then? Or they don't get disconnected? Something that I see that's helpful is, like, there's devotions and chapels and stuff all the time at my school. But something that could help with that is if they were i know that this is impossible to tell but like you have to like read their minds and like uh say something give a lesson give something that specifically relates to their situation mm -hmm. i feel like that's the only thing that helps them because there's other there's many lessons and devotions that vaguely mention a couple of other things but they don't really like get into it and why that's important yeah and maybe to get even more specific someone personally coming to them being like what's mm. what's going on like a che a personal check in and, and but I like what you're saying there like they need to learn how God relates to them in that particular specific place not just a, a general lesson on God but a very specific how does God how does God relate to my parents divorce or something yeah. you know uh Trevor you looked like you had something you wanted to say I had a couple like that's my thing kind of along the vein of what Gus said like mm. A lot of times, like especially my experience with private school religion classes, is it doesn't feel like you're actually going in there to learn about God. It feels like you're going in there to get a grade. And I don't, I don't think that religious, like teaching people about the faith, should be about should be like for them to get a grade on something. I think yeah. they should want to be there. It should be something that they choose. It shouldn't be something that's forced down their throat because that's also something that I think can a lot of times push people away, mm. especially in my experience. I like having seen quite a few people have similar things. Sorry. I It's okay. I think of it as, like, from my experience with, like, religion teachers and religion classes, it's like a 50-50. Some mm -hmm. teachers really, like, focus on, like, the grade and, like, the test taking and this historical thing and this historical thing happened because God did this and that person did this or whatever. And 
the other half of the teachers, I've experienced both in all my classes. They like care more about like the connections rather than the factual like things and less your grade depends on it less. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, if I could like, that's nothing too much to be said against like private school because private school, I think is especially in this day and age, very beneficial, but there are just different people who will connect to the faith and connect to the Bible and connect to the word of God in different ways. And I feel like certain ways, especially from what I've seen, at least in private school, like you said, there are different people who teach different ways. Mm -hmm. It just comes down to like finding out, especially for the student, like finding out how you connect to it best and then seeking out those ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I go back to that story, Gus, you were sharing about that classmate of yours that was exposed to the to scripture and to, to teachings about Jesus because he goes to your school. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pro both for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at the, the private school example and I think, well, there's a structured delivery of Bible knowledge and you can either do that great or you can do it terribly, you know, and, mm-hmm. It sounds like what you're saying is like the teachers that have a passion behind how it connects to you as a person and not just the grade you're going to get, that's what makes the difference. And I'd say that's true of any, I mean, you would face a similar struggle in, in a Sunday school classroom, in a, in a church, mm-hmm. you know, is your heart in it or are you just there to just speak and say, you know, check your box and walk away? You know, that's true in all these environments. It's true in FCA too. Yeah, like, no, Absolutely. We've, we've, we've seen, like, there are definitely people who are just there because, like, I mean, just there for the food. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. <laughs> but, hey, it gets them in the room. It, it yeah. gets, gets them in the room. room. Like, we had yeah. a whole conversation about this after a meeting one day. Like, there were a couple people who were, for whatever reason, being disruptive mm-hmm. or not very, like, fully paying attention. And we had a conversation afterwards, like, and we both kind of were thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... We got them there, like food. Yeah, if that's the reason they're there, okay. But like, they're still there. Yeah. At least they're there, and if they they might they might not be getting what we wanted them to get out of it. They might not be getting that, but they might get something completely different out of it. And you like you have to yeah. No, I was gonna that. say, and kind of all, I've been listening to you guys this whole time, and um, you know, I think for me, I'm just as the teacher and older guy um, with the experience and observing from the outside in. And it's mostly for the boys. And I think when we think back to our experience with the FCA, with the boys, um, the boys never really want to be too serious about something. Yeah. Or they're, or they, or they become uncool. Yep. You know, I mean, you know, this is why, again, I go back to Trevor leader is because when he's convicted about something, he has his belief systems. he, knows the path he wants to walk and does it these other guys that you know and I, again like i'm more focused on on the guys and and that's kind of the mission that we're going to be on in the coming year is to get more guys mm-hmm. yeah um but what i see out of the teenage boys and it may even be applicable at the private school um is when the conversations get more serious um the more they want to back away from having them. yes yes um and for whatever reason it, that is, it could be them not wanting to be cool. It could be like some kind of past past trauma they've had. Yeah, and I say fear it's, of vulnerability. I, a lot of it, fear of vulnerability, and it's also, I think, for guys, we we feel like we gotta look strong 
at all times because if you open up and show vulnerability, I don't, for me, sometimes like there's a fear that's going to be used against you one day. And it's something like my dad taught me for right or for wrong. He's like, you can't open up because someone might use that against you one day. That's you never it. know. And, you know, I think that, I don't know if that's something that's just in our nature, if that's something we've been taught over years, but. Well, I was going to say, um, and I've heard it firsthand myself um, in the public school setting, being a Christian, there's an uncertainty of it being cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's an, un, like, people are unsure if you're, if you believe in God and you want to speak about God, that for many, there's an uncertainty if that's the cool thing to do. Mm. And mm. you might hear from different groups. You might come across the right group that says, yeah, right on, like, we're on the same page. And then some people say, you believe in God? Yeah. And you hear that in a public school setting. Yeah. Um, of course, I have to just, you know, stand by and, you know, hear and listen, not say a word. Um, and I do, you know have had students that, you know, were a part of the FCA that would have private conversations with me and when they're having difficult times. And those are awesome. Um, yeah. But it's in the, within the scope of FCA. And, um, you know, so it's really cool. But to hear, you know, some people, young people, try to equate our faith to being cool. Yeah. And that, that's where I think the barrier stands sometimes, is the uncertainty of if it's a cool mm-hmm. thing or not. I totally see that. And I felt that same way at my school. Verbalizing your faith, I mean, didn't make you the most popular person in my high school either. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. And some people might say that's a problem with the modern world. I'm just like, that's just the way the world is. So how do you adapt to that? And I'm very curious. There's a moment in each of your days that I'm curious about. And it's a moment when you leave the Bible study class in, in your school, Gus, or the moment when you leave FCA, Trevor, and you're in the general population in your schools. I mean, how is it being a, a Christian outside of the safety of those walls? And it's okay if you're like, I, I suck at it. I'm not great at it. Yeah, I'll admit <laughs> that I'm, I'm not great at it. Yeah. yeah, me neither. It's not really... People don't like to talk about it outside of yeah. the classes because it feels like if you have something to say about it, you could say it in there. Ah. And again, also, like yeah. it's also yeah. especially not guys. Yeah. Don't bring my class out into the hallway yes exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. what's it like for you trevor um kind of similar i'm definitely not very good about being super open about my faith at school um which is something that i've i've been pretty heavily like self-convicted about for a while and my thing is like i just can never i feel like i can never like I don't want to be that person who just goes out and yells, hey, I'm a Christian. You should be one too. Otherwise, I don't like you. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. I can't say I just, I, I just, I don't, I don't want, that's not who I want it's to be. It's not the right the good, I don't well, want to be it, like, I'm here to get you here. I just want to be like, I'm here. If you want to be here, great. God will bring you here if that's like what his plan is for you. The good news is uh, you're sitting with a guy who <laughs> tried the say. aggressive stuff. And uh, it did not work. So there's your affirmation that the aggressive policy of <laughs> whatever it was you just said about yelling your faith at people doesn't actually work that well. So um, like being um, like I'm pretty open about it. Like I'll never hide the fact that I'm a Christian. Like yeah. most, I I think most people don't don't ever really hide it. They just don't show it mm-hmm. as much. And I'll be open and say like I'm not very great at that. Honestly, yeah. I honestly think that the best approach is something that you explained to me in 
in Houston during our trip to do yes. that. Okay. And you have this friend who you brought to the faith in college. And I, your method through of that is what I really try to do. It's just don't force it onto people. Just be around them and show how it shows in your lives. Mm-hmm. And that way they'll be more... Don't open. force them into yeah. it, but give them the option to be there. Yeah. yeah. And that show them what it could be that like. worked out. Yeah. That conversation about college reminds me too of something a friend of mine once said, and it's that he's saying, you know, the job of a, he was talking to me about someone going to ministry, but the job of someone going to ministry is to be a lead repenter and a lead person of vulnerability. And I think for you guys in your witness to your friends and, and Justin, you were talking about how guys don't love being open and we're afraid to do it. And I think you can bring faith out of other people when you start the vulnerability. And so, you know, I ask you guys, this as leaders when we're in our small groups at our church is it's your job to be the first person to open up because guys aren't going to do it until someone else does it until maybe two or three other people do it. And then it's finally safe. And even then they might not do it, but it reminds them that, or it shows them that it's a safe space for that to happen. Yeah. In our small groups, uh, there's some really good opening questions to get people talking. And then towards the end, there are like the serious ones, the deep ones. And I noticed that towards the deep ones, people, a lot of people get really quiet and they really don't want to open up. And I try to just throw something out there. Yeah. Throw something out there into the wind, see if it sticks, you know, like to try to, I don't know, to try to like put it in a more palatable way, not like so sappy way so that then they start there and get into the more mm-hmm. deep stuff. I'm just curious, you know, like, is it effective to go that deep with high school boys? I think that sometimes think, it works better than others. I think it's yeah. necessary. It is honestly. necessary. Okay. too. So it's necessary even if you don't get a great response just to keep trying keep trying okay. eventually like persistence is key in a lot of these scenarios especially i mean we've kind of seen that with fca mm. too not to the same level yeah and i would say even from from my experience just because i usually in our in our huddle meetings i kind of peruse from group to group and try to listen mm-hmm. to the track that they're, they're on um so i get well of course i review the questions ahead of time but even throughout i begin to think about what my response would be yeah even though I might not share it, I still am thinking about what my yeah. response might be. And I like to believe that so are these guys yeah. that are not yeah. sharing, that maybe they leave and walk away and say, what, what would I say there? Like they might be yeah. walking through that on their own time. Like yeah. if they're not comfortable sharing, but they are comfortable like processing it and thinking about it on their own time. Like that's also something that I think a lot, of, especially a lot of guys do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we've had, like an example from our huddle group of growth, you know, we had a kid come in the beginning and, you know, he, he came to one of our leadership meetings and from that moment was like, I, I don't want to be a leader. I just kind of want to hang out and listen to people talk. Fast forward back toward the, toward the ending of the year, he's asking myself and our co-sponsor, how do I read the Bible? Where do I start? Mm-hmm. What research mm-hmm. do you have for me? And I mean, this is a guy in the beginning. I was like, I just want to sit here and listen. So yeah. now I want to actively pursue yeah. my faith and learn from the word of God. And, yeah. and so just, and, and he wasn't a guy that spoke up a whole ton. 
mm-hmm. but just him being there he's is an example of him being there and evolving through the process yeah. and so again not just not just a belief it actually happens that yeah. just having them there whether they respond or get deep or just joke around i think some of those questions marinate and yeah dig in mm-hmm. to them for themselves i find that like especially during our small group things on sunday uh, like after the fact, like when I'm when I'm driving home at like six thirty, I think about it a lot more. I find myself and I find myself like coming up with answers that I would have said in there, but it just took me a while. And I really think about it and how that actually might like fit into my life. And it's yeah. really, really cool. We're talking about kind of some small group stuff and some church ministry stuff and it reminded me that Gus, you you don't come to morning worship at Messiah. Not that much anymore. Which is no. fine. But you do come Sunday nights. I mean, what uh, would you get out of a Sunday morning worship service, and what do you get from a, from a student ministry? I find that the small groups are more personal, and I feel like I'm more able to open up because it's in and only in the company of, like, pretty close friends. Yeah. I feel like that helps an extreme amount. And also, I feel like uh, chapels... Uh, sometimes repeat a message like over and over again over the course of like weeks. Yeah. And I get that like they always start out with the same message and then like go deeper into a different part of it. Mm-hmm. But I find that not as helpful. It's still helpful, but mm-hmm. not as helpful. And also it's just that like my family, my whole family kind of like went away from that a little bit. But like my whole family like kind of switched. It like shifted yeah. to the more thinking like as we got older and like grew in our faith, we're like, okay, we get the messages, we get all of that. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's good. But let's actually like study yeah. the Bible. And like, what does this like actually mean? What is God mm-hmm. trying to say here? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of things. My family now goes to like different like Bible studies. And so there's a different level of depth you get mm-hmm. out of a Sunday night small group that you don't necessarily get in a Sunday morning worship or out of a Bible study. And that's actually what you and your family are looking for. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I never really asked about your your family's faith life. So you feel like you've got the general gospel message and you're just looking to go deeper. Yeah. Do you feel like for a high school ministry, um, do you wish we like walked through the Bible more or do you like that we do the topical stuff that we do? I- I'm just curious because w- what would a teenage guy be looking for out of a high school ministry. I really like your personalized messages a lot. Like when we're all together in like the gym and like sitting together and like the topics that you cover are very specific to teenagers. Okay. And that helps a whole lot because the big like chapels don't normally cover that. Okay. Yeah. And like your new section or your past section on on dating. Yeah. That was extremely <laughs> helpful and made me understand a lot more. You got a, you got a date? You got a Good. date yet? Not yet, but, you know, <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh, man. He's still in the, the opening section of uh, becoming the best version of himself, or oh, what yeah. was the line? Uh, well, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm very curious. You've got a couple adults here in this room. What do you wish adults better understood about teenage guys? The vast majority of guys are not going to be quick to open up about mm. what's going on in their life. And I think we, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. Like with almost every major like thing I've gone through, I've gone to someone more directly first. Mm. Like a lot of the time 
the best way, and at least from what I've seen, the best way is to not force them to be open right away. Mm, yeah. It's yeah. the waiting game. It's yeah. like getting to know them like over a period of time, gaining their trust, and eventually they'll pro- they're probably going to start coming to you. I mean, how long did it take me to start coming to you with my stuff? It took me a few years well, to How long did I know you that. before then? <laughs> well, it, took me, like, uh-huh. it took me two or three years to like of knowing you to become yeah. comfortable talking to you about the more, yeah. like, deeper stuff that goes on in my life. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add on that, guys. Um, I guess I already talked about it. Uh, like, personalize it more because there's a lot of stuff in our lives that are situational. Mm-hmm. Like, this, uh, like, I really need help on something. I do. I really need help on something, but it's this, and it's, like, a really specific thing. And, like, if only, like, you would talk about this more or go into this deeper because, like, I've been in chapels where it was like it lightly touched on the topic i'm like i'm like okay uh-huh. yeah i really need help with that like are you yeah. gonna go deeper and then they like switch to another part of it oh, like, oh. yeah <laughs> yeah so don't get to where you want them to go and i think i, I like what both of you had to say Actually, and i think I add something to that real quick? yeah sure yeah. um one of the other things is like at least for me personally it gets kind of annoying when someone like when i tell someone i'm going through something and they just say Oh, it's going to be okay. Like that, a lot of times, yeah. I, I'm start like, sometimes that helps, honestly. Yeah. But a lot of times that just frustrates me. That's like, okay, great. It's going to be okay later. I want it to be okay now. I want to know how to deal with this. Yeah. It's now, not in a year from now, not and a that's, couple months from now, not even a day from now. I want to know, like, how can I try to it's, struggle? And how can I deal with this, like, process this now? It's not just that, but it's like, the it's okay like you're gonna be fine like we've heard that like so many times and we're guilty yeah. of it ourselves I'm well sure. yeah. 100%. <laughs> but we've heard it so many times that it's like kind of like meaningless like oh okay you're just saying that that is a bad promise that yeah. christians like to make to anyone but especially young people i i don't know if i've ever told you it's gonna get better and i never try to make that promise like i try to avoid it too i made it i made it because i've made it multiple first off i don't know what your definition of better is right Mm. and so i don't know that and i don't know when and i don't know how i think god's promise is that you can have joy even if what you're struggling with isn't going to get better this year Mm -hmm. or next year or whatever you know like that's the greater promise because a lot of people we we settle on the the band-aid solution, which is just like you're saying, saying it's going to get better. You're going to be fine. And that feels good in the moment, but a year from now, if you're not fine, then, you know, I, I just don't want to make a promise that I, I'm not sure of for you, but I'd rather give you hope and joy and peace during those hard times than just make a vague promise that the hard times are just going to magically go away. Instead of saying, yeah, like to your point, instead of saying, Oh, it's just going to get better. Like, say something or, or, or show something or tell me something that would start me on the path to getting better. Like, this will help and this will, uh, help, and this yeah. will help you to get better. Or don't don't tell me something that is that is going to be true. Tell me something that's already true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, like, even then, like, what I've tried to do, especially when my friends have come to me with issues, is, like, especially my Christian friends, is, like, it's okay. Like not saying it's okay. There it comes out again. I'm telling you. It's okay. But saying like, like I still care about you. I'm always. I'm going to be here for you, as long as I can be. 
-hmm. and like saying also, especially with Christian friends, like God still loves you. Like you might be going through this right now and I know it's tough, but if you can't lean on anything else, like that's, that's what I've leaned on most of my life. And that's, I think that's the best thing that like I can tell other people to lean on. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's yeah, it, it sucks, but you've got a little, you can have something to put a little bit of hope in right now. This is reminding me, okay, there's a verse that a lot of high school athletes love. I mean, I loved it. And we, we really missed. <laughs> well, clearly it's a cliche, but you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we think that means, oh, that means I'm going to win this game because I believe in Jesus. It's like, actually, if you look at the context, it means the exact opposite. It means that even if you don't win, you're going to still be strong and still have peace and self-confidence because you have Christ. Even if you don't win that game or even if you don't, like, this is what you guys are saying, right? That yeah. <laughs> you're not looking for false promises. You're looking for hope and you're looking for a future. <laughs> Um, Bible verse it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Should have whispered that into the mic. <laughs> a future. A future. Um, what are you looking for from Christian leaders? Not just what are you looking for for adults to understand, but what are you looking for from Christian leaders like myself and Justin and the other men in your lives? And it's almost like in, we're looking for an understanding of what we're going through. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's our fault. Because we don't explain it to you or tell you even sometimes. You are taking the words right out of my mouth right now. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, the understanding is definitely important. Also, like, I understand to a certain point you kind of can't get too open about what's going on in your personal lives, especially yeah. as a teacher. But, like, at least being somewhat honest. And yeah. you're pretty good about that. Oh, yeah. Like, there have been... Definitely. I can think of a couple... I guess I don't remember if you were in high school for either of these but like there was one youth session that you did where you like you got very emotional and very open well there was the one about your friend and oh, then yeah. there was another one like where you you got very emotional like you physically got down on your knees i think at one point i do not remember that yeah so you weren't here <laughs> i would have remembered like, that and but here's the thing like that like honestly at least to me and for some people that might have been kind of weird but to me that was moving like I feel like, especially as teenagers, we still somewhat have this idea that the people who are older than us are, like... Yeah, it's great to, like, yeah. relate your problems to to someone who's, like, seeing someone going through the same thing as you. Yeah. And, like, telling you stuff about it and, like, how this helped you get through it. That is the remedy. Mm. Justin, what are you thinking over there just listening to all of this? Well, I'm just thinking as um, just a, a person with experience, you know, right? You know, as, as you've grown older and gone through your own trials and adversity and came out swell on the other end, now we know, seem to think that we know the, the formula for getting through things. And I think sometimes as an experienced person or a coach, especially a coach, um, I feel it's my job to help give the answers sometimes and get people through that. I don't find that to be always super helpful. Like, mm -hmm. like, Hey, if you just do, you know, you talked about the roadmap. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm like, if you just do this, this, and this, it worked for me. Then that kind of throws it out the door. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. that works for you, but you're also 30 something years old and not a teenager like me, you know? And a lot of times, you know, I ask myself, why is that even a big deal to you? Like, why do you care what other people think? Yeah. But you do. 
you know, and I, that's something that as an experienced person, I'm like, it's like I almost forgot, like, you know, when I grew up, I forgot being a kid and a teenager. And so mm-hmm. I think as an adult, it's, it is becomes challenging because I have been through some of these things, but it's I don't always take into consideration that it's different. I think it's helpful to share that pathway, but I also want you to discover your own path because if you just right. take what worked for us and tried to copy and paste that in your life, it might not work. <laughs> and I, I think for a guy, I'm like, I want a guide. I don't want someone holding my hand and pushing me. I want like a, a, a roadmap. I want a, a guy, but I kind of want to take the journey myself too. This has been really good. And you've helped me guys remember what it's like to be a teenage guy, which sometimes I forget Wait, about. what's it like to be a teenage guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, the part that is, is sticking out in my mind is how you guys talked about waiting and being patient for you guys to come to us. And I think sometimes we, as if you're a Christian leader, listen to this, and, and my, or an adult or whatever, we feel pressured to like, attack the issue like i've been pressured before like you need to confront this topic in this way to your people and i'm like i don't know if that's effective Mm -hmm. i would rather communicate in a way and be present in a way that you can come to me with that than try to force you to like confess i mean my joke before you came on here is like you're gonna come on the podcast and confess all your your sins (laughs) and struggles me well some people think that's actually good philosophy and and strategy i'm like no i'm down you want me to (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i i want to be curious and know what's going on in your lives but i also would rather you come to me when you're ready sometimes i think that's more effective than just trying to force things out of you and i was going to say one thing i hear from you guys that it's essential for us guys with experience older guys to be vulnerable and and show some side of humanity that does relate to teenagers well let's close out this episode thank you guys for your insights and your help and just being you and gus you know i always see the funny side of gus but i really got to see the deep side of gus here and if there's another lesson here it's that i should never adults we should never pigeonhole a kid that you've got multiple sides to both of you mm-hmm. your deep sides your funny sides your inquisitive sides and maybe our job as leaders is to discover those things in you and not just label you as that's the good kid that's the bad kid that's the christian kid that's the whatever kids like no you've got layers to you guys so thank you for showing me that today well, thank you so much for having us. This was, this was really fun. Absolutely. And as we wrap up this series of the faith of the next generation and how important it is, I would like to point you back to normalgoesalongway.com. In addition, our social media outlets at Normal Goes a Long Way, because we have tons of resources for you. If you even want to email me, you can. Hello at jilldevine.com. I would love to equip you with different resources or connect you directly to Hannah or Ryan or Justin. It is so important that we make sure the next generation knows about Jesus, knows about the love that he has for them. And so please, if you are feeling it in your heart, uh, you feel like you need a little bit more, don't hesitate to contact me.
I'd also like to invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. By doing so, this podcast gets a little bit more noticed, and it also allows you to get notifications when a new episode is going to launch. So I would appreciate that as well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Normal Goes a Long Way.